Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Well, on May 7th, the world's media uh, were preoccupied with a story about marriage. Some breaking news on Bill and Melinda Gates just moments ago. The pair tweeting that they are filing for divorce. That bombshell announcement from Bill and Melinda Gates splitting up after 27 years of marriage. What it means for their nearly $130 billion fortune and philanthropy. After nearly three decades of marriage, Bill and Melinda Gates have filed for divorce, ending what some consider one of the most consequential marriages in American history. You'd think it was Elizabeth Burton, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, for heaven's sakes. Now, look, this was dominant news coverage of, of this marriage. But what it did is it raised awareness of a phenomenon called gray divorce. And with us right now to talk about this issue of, quote, gray divorce is Dr. Ray Garendi, father of 10, clinical psychologist, public speaker, nationally syndicated TV and radio host. He's host of The Doctor Is In that you hear daily and also the TV show Living Right with Dr. Ray. He's the author of many books, including Raising Upright Kids in an Upside-Down World and the forthcoming book, Jesus, the Master Psychologist. Listen to him. Ray, good to have you here. Thanks. I regret, Al, that we just don't have the seven-year itch anymore. Now it's the 27-year itch. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been pushed into the future. Why? Several factors. First of all, got to figure back in 1990-92, when a lot of these people got married, there was still a little bit of societal pressure for commitment. Mm -hmm. That is all but completely eroded. So now, after all these years, there's absolutely zero pressure to stay together societally. Yeah. Zero. That's one. Second one, if you stray from God as a culture, as a person, and you're moving into your 60s, what is your attitude? I'm not happy. I deserve to be happy. I'm not worried about the afterlife. I just want to be happy. I don't have that many years left. Why should I put up with this person whom I've barely put up with the last 20 years. Right. I think that's a factor. Yep. Here's another factor. My brother pointed this out to me, and I think he's absolutely right. People almost seem to wait until their parents are dead. The clue, the matriarch, the patriarch. Oh, that's interesting. Who had stronger morals, more traditional people. Uh mom and or dad might have a heck of a time with this. Mm. So now that they're gone, there really is no bind. There's no binding anymore. Yeah. I think that's it. I, I told my brother, I said, I'm going to give you credit for that insight. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The, 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 the moral, uh, uh, constraints are off. Uh, there's no, the social taboo isn't very strong anymore. Uh, parents are dying off. Do you know if men or women more likely initiate a great divorce? Women. Women do. Research has said that the bulk of divorces are initiated by women. Hmm. Now, this could be because guys have a tendency to be more jerks. That yeah. could be. Yeah. They're less domesticated. That could be. Uh, my experience 
in marriage counseling is that if you have two people where there's no real pathology in the relationship, but they're just struggling to get along, more than not, it is the wife who is more discontent. No. Okay. Not unusual, a wife will come in and have a long list of things that she does not like and feels she has to put up with with this guy. Mm-hmm. The guy will look befuddled. I thought everything was okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I see that a lot. Here's another thing, Al, and, and the research does not support this at all. Well, we waited until the kids were raised. Actually, the research says that adult children have a very hard time with their parents' divorce. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Torn loyalties. Yeah. Where are we going to go? When? With the grandkids? How? Mom, Mom's upset with Dad. She doesn't like us treating Dad nice. Right. But, but, but we're going to visit Dad, and she doesn't like Dad. And Dad's got a new girlfriend, too. Yeah. And now that's really bad. So the kids are in a quandary. That's a big factor. This is the idea that if anybody's thinking, we're going to wait till the kids are raised. Well, the only thing I could say to that, it might be a little less damaging on the kids, but it is not not damaging. Yeah, that's that's good because really, even as adult children, you're going to be driven to kind of explain what happened. How do you incorporate mom and dad who raised you and you know, for the most part, you're happy. Uh, all of a sudden, they're divorcing. How does that speak to your own personal story? It has to have some impact on it. One of the great myths that the experts have promulgated is that it is better for children to live apart in separate homes where the friction is less yeah. than to live in a conflicted home. That is a myth. Yep. The kids don't agree. And furthermore, what is to say once the split takes place that everything is hunky dory? Most of the time it's not. <laughs> Most of the time it gets worse. No, that's true. That's true. Well, so I think Al, the, the ties that bind, uh, the, the, the culture says, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Six years divorce, 28 years divorce, so what? You're not happy? Get out. Yeah. Yeah, I you know look most I would think most marriages uh, have good times and some bad times. Uh, when it comes to gray divorce, divorce you know later in life, is it because they got fed up with the relationship? Have they drifted away? They just drew farther and farther apart over time, or is it? You mentioned that especially if they aren't believers that they recognize their mortality, and they've only got so many years left. Uh, Let me make the best of it. The mindset that is taking over much of our culture is, I deserve to be happy. Yeah. I define my happiness. So therefore, if this person that I am living with destroys, ruins, pushes away my happiness, I have every right to move on before it is too late, before I have to take care of this person who is into dementia or who has a physical illness, and my resentment will be off the charts. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, this is this is an area in which it seems to me serious Christians uh, should really have some, have good news for the world. I mean, one of the things that older couples talk about is how they've grown accustomed to one another and how they've come to accept that certain features that they may have found irritating in their spouse earlier on in the marriage, well, they, they may do. Uh, they got by, and some of those irritating um, features become sources of humor and, uh, you know, playfulness. Uh, I mean, that, so it seems to me Christians, if they take the faith seriously, uh, have a way of approaching this sense of, my, you know, as I get older, my spouse hasn't changed yet. Uh, the Christian's not going to immediately say to himself, well, I, I need to break out on my own. They're going to try to figure out some way of making this work. And I would think that gives us a, a way of showing some sort of relational creativity to the rest of the world. This might surprise you, Al. Who do you think is the most likely person, at least in the last five to ten years in my office, to storm out? Angry, upset, not coming back. Hmm. Tell me. Serious Christian. Really? You know why? No. Because they come in, and their spouse is, as they see it anyway, not at the same level of faithfulness that they are. Wow. Uh, they go to church, maybe they're daily mass goers. Wow. Uh, a lot of prayers, a lot of activities at church, and their spouse, yeah, lukewarm, maybe at best. Okay, he or she will go to church. And they view this as, I'm giving my Christian all to this marriage, and this person is not. Wow, okay. And you need to have this person live up to their part of the bargain. And if I say, Al, well you're operating out of a different system. The system that you believe in says you have to be more forgiving, more patient, easier to live with, right. more tolerant. That makes them so mad. Wow. <laughs> they don't want to hear that. The other guy's the wrong one, not me. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, mean someone Jesus crumple says... up a check and just throw it down on my desk and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> who's the Jesus they know? I mean, Jesus tells us to love our enemies. I ought to at least be able to love my wife. <laughs> I if I can get to loving my enemies, I'm going to have to yeah. get to this place where I love my wife first, for heaven's sake. I love all the people in China and India. It's just this person living with me I have a hard time with. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, is um, our therapist... Uh, no, noticing this, this is this is not just a, a, a pseudo phenomenon, right? I mean, this no. this no, this is really happening. Okay, it's a fed up phenomenon. Yeah, this is the old. I put up with this for seventeen years. I'm not putting up with it anymore. Mm -hmm. In one of the books I wrote, I called. I had a chapter called "Close the Book," and what that meant was, when you know what someone is like how they behave, how they irritate you, the things they say, mm -hmm. whether they're snarky, whether they're scolding, whatever it is. And know this. This is not a surprise. It should have less power to upset you. But for most people, it has more power. Wow. 
it's the buildup effect rather than I'm becoming immune to this. Mm-hmm. You know, if this person I'm living with is moody, and I've known this for 19 years, why is it upsetting me more than it used to? I, I know this. This is the reality. This is who this person is. They're moody. Okay. I can close the book on their personality because I recognize it. But no, what typically happens is my Rolodex gets filled up. Hmm. And then I've had it. I've just had it with you. Wow. I think it's a lot of it. It's the old setup factor. What can, what can uh, the Christian couples do to avoid this kind of beast coming up when they get to their 50s and 60s? Marriage is not 50-50. Yep. It's 70-30-80-20-90-10. That's the way it is. I've had emails written to me, say, for example, somebody calls a show and says, my spouse says, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Now, I know as a therapist, I'm hearing their perspective of all of this. However, I assume at face value what they're telling me. I aim to get them to be more at peace with what their spouse is doing. That it doesn't, it doesn't irritate them so much. They don't take it so personally. Mm-hmm. They don't let it destroy their three days. Invariably, I'll get an email that says, that other spouse needs to start to act, or act right. That person needs to behave. You yeah. need to tell them that. And I'll say, well, they didn't call. <laughs> that person didn't call. <laughs> My goal is to help the person that is so distressed right. be less distressed. Right. Right. That's the only way you're going to do it. And in most marriages, like people will say, I can't get my spouse to come into counseling. I said, why don't you come in yourself? We'll, we'll work on giving you more peace in the situation you're in. Right, right. Ray, good advice. Thanks so much. Wonderful Any talking with you. Now. Okay, buddy. Dr. Ray Garendi, a new book coming out called Jesus, the Master Psychologist. Listen to him. But this phenomenon of great divorce apparently is... Uh, yeah, it's with us. It's going to be around for a while. 